Podcast, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. But first, after the tragic events of last night, our thoughts are with the people who lost their lives and the families affected by the terror attack at the MAN Arena. It could easily have been you, me, or our families involved in this tragic event. We at Salfordians stand shoulder to shoulder with our Mancunian friends in this hour of need, and together we will defeat the fear and devastation that terror brings. Uh, so, obviously, looking forward now to talking about all things Salford Red Devils. I'm joined by Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hiya Rob, you alright mate? You recovered from your uh, magic weekend experience? Yeah, it was good, we had a good weekend up there, you know, the kids came with us and they, they stayed over, we stayed at the sister-in-law's, we had a really good time and that and a great result on Sunday as well. I must say it's, it's a great stadium, Newcastle as we'll probably talk about after the, the transport link in and out and we went on a little metro train. Brilliant, absolutely spot on. And, uh, yeah, good weekend, good result. Yeah, another one of our boys that enjoyed the Magic Weekend. We've got Paul Parkey, alright Parkey? Evening, evening, Jen. Do you enjoy your Magic Weekend experience? Fantastic, really enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be at. Okay, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got the Magic Weekend uh, review, we've got the news, we've got a special interview with Norman Robinson, we've got the amateur report, and we've got a preview of Friday's game against Callum Clemens. Cool, and what we'll do then, uh, we'll start with a Magic Weekend win against Lee. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils were victorious at Magic Weekend, beating Lee 36 points to 22, Paul. Big win for Salford. Yeah, it was an important win, Rob. Really important win, you know, in the scheme of the season. and To go there on the big stage, and there's some crazy results up there with St. Helens. Yeah, beating whole 45 points and I think it was so to go up there and, and perform on that stage and get the result I think that's the pleasing thing that's the pleasing thing for Ian Watson and hopefully to come through unscathed without any injuries as well against a very physical uh, league side I thought yeah Salford uh, put out a strong side didn't they Parker yeah we, we did you know reverted back to a few places a few players moved uh, O'Brien started at full back Johnson and uh, Evels on the wing uh, Wellham and Sow in the centres Louis Dobson at half back Cop Jack, Tompkins and Tarzi starting in the front row. Big Ben um, and Josh Jones in the second row. And Krasny holding on to his place at loose forward. Um, we had Haraki, Flanagan, Lannan and uh, Brinning on the bench as well. Yeah, it's good having a settled side, isn't it, Paul? You know, the team are playing well. It's good to have the same combinations. Yeah, definitely. That's a big thing, especially with halfbacks. I think if you can keep your halfbacks fit and... For the, for the majority of the season, you're going to have a good chance of finishing high in the table. And that's, you know, that's been really settled with Louis and Dobson in this season. And, you know, it's the same goes for the, for the three-quarter line, really. Greg Johnson and Chris Wellens' partnership seems to get better every week. I know we seem to repeat ourselves every week, but I thought that those two were outstanding. Again, Greg Johnson's finishing's come on 100% this season. and You get a lot of opportunities from Chris Wellens. But, yeah, I thought, you know, 1-17, one to, one to 17, I thought they all performed well on, on the... Oh, so I think there's a few things we can work on, a few things that we need to tighten up. But it was a good result. Let's have it right, Leo. Leo, no more because they've got some good players, Lee, in their side, and uh, it was a good win. Yeah, Lee opened the scoring try through Fleming. Good work by Hood. Uh, burst our defence. A good hand sends them over in the corner. But Salford hit back Parker with a try from Ben Moon at the side. Little kick through by Dobson, and he picked up and scored. Just what we needed in that situation. Yeah, he, he took a he took a fortunate bounce. We've got to say that as it was going through, but uh, you know, if, if Ben's picking the, the ball up that close to the line, anyway, you're going to have trouble stopping him. So uh, much needed, uh, and it you know it, it came came at a re- very important point. I thought 
because uh, I didn't think for the first ten or fifteen minutes we we, were, we really got out of our you know out of the starting blocks. Uh, and then Dobbo started to get hold of the game a little bit. Um, you know, and again another clever little kick through which has bounced off for us. If you're going to do that that close to the line, anything can happen. And uh, yeah, it was a very important try that. To, I think it kick started us from there. Yeah, obviously Lee uh, scored again through Brown, but Ben Murnett, Masala, Paul, you know, picking a ball up uh, off Louis and Grandpage, you know, we scored a few tries like this season, like that this season, and he is a real danger around the round the round the line. Oh, yeah, certainly is. Uh, Masala, there was a couple of times, I think there was one drive in there where he took about six players with him, quick playing the ball, and we scored in the corner, but that was later on in the second half, but he was unstoppable at times, Masala, he, he's unplayable. You know, he, he really is. He's got so much strength and he can get the ball out. He's got the eye for the trial. And you'll probably have the stats there, Rob. He's scored a few tries this season now and uh, he's looking a real handful. And I know I saw a few people mentioning the other week about, you know, possible Man of Steel, but he's got to be right up there, Ben So playing absolutely outstanding this season. Yeah, it has been brilliant so far. I'm sure he'll be uh, putting in some other big performances if, uh, until the season's out. Uh, Sofa continued the good farm park here. Another try uh, by Criswell and good work from him uh, gets him over the line. Yeah, I know Paul's just mentioned it, but he's a player that, that really stood out for me on uh, on Sunday. Um, he did a, a lot of good work with us and without the ball. Uh, but he's, he's got a real eye for the try line, hasn't he? He's scored some, some good tries already this year. and uh, Again, yeah, clever play from him. Um, and, but, you know, if you give him, you give him a bit of space... Anyway, under the line, he's, he's another one that he will, he will crash over because he, you know, he is a proven try scorer. Yeah, and he's obviously his partner in crime. Greg Johnson, uh, Paul, got in on the act. Great hands by Salford, sends him over in the corner, and uh, we led 24 12 at half time. Yeah, certainly. And uh, you know what? Greg Johnson probably hasn't been, wasn't the best sort of finisher at Salford when he first came, and it's probably an aspect of his game he's worked on, but certainly this season. I think his finishing he's improved 100%. He's been, he's been great. Maybe a lot of that's down to working with Chris Wellen, but they've got a fantastic partnership, them two. And, uh, you know, it really is paying, paying dividends this season because if you watch us on Sunday, all, a lot of our play comes down that right edge where those two play. And Masilla runs out wide that way. And we're very, very dangerous. We're very hard to stop on, on that right-hand side. And, you know, long may it continue because uh, them two have got a bit of a deadly partnership now. Yeah, Lee hit back just after half-time. A try by Crooks. Kind of going in and out round the the fullback to score, but a crucial yeah. moment in the game, Parker. The sending off of uh, Higson, uh, a really bad challenge on uh, Gaz O'Brien, uh, cost him the red card. Yeah, um, firstly the the try uh, that Cook scored was was magnificent. To be fair to the lad, and uh, in the you know we were talking last week about players, and we put the report together. He was one that I always thought was going to be a threat because again he's a good try scorer and he took that try well, but. Uh, yeah, they're sending off. Well, he left the referee no no choice, did he? I noticed uh, earlier on he'd done one on Wellham, I think, a high shot in a tackle that, that he got away with. Um, and and this one, I mean, it, it's late, it's high. You know, he could have done some serious damage. I'm I, not sure he, he meant it to be the way it was, but, um, yeah, you know, the, the referee had no choice. Once he'd seen it again, he probably had a word from the touch judge and maybe somebody in the stand... Um, and it, straight away, I mean, as soon as you saw it, 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 the whole ground sort of winced a bit. It was, uh, it was pretty horrific. Yeah, I think obviously, Paul, you know when it's on Sky, when it's live, you see it the first time, it didn't look as bad, but the more replays that came along, you thought, oh, he was, he was, he was high there, and it was, it was really bad. But I suppose since then, he's come out and he's kind of apologised that, you know, what he did, and that's fair play to him, I suppose. 
Yeah, of course he's. Yeah, I've got nothing against the lad. I think he's a very good winger, that Adam Higgs. And I, you know, I've seen him a few times this season playing him, and I think he'd slot nicely in for us. He's a, he's a good player. But uh, yeah, I felt, in a way, I felt a bit sorry for him. It's a big stage up there, Newcastle. And obviously, he's just got his timing a bit wrong. I don't think he's a malicious player whatsoever. So uh, obviously, though, if you, if you do something like that, you're going to get punished. I think he's got a five-game ban for it, so he probably, he probably can't argue with that. He'll probably say himself he's. He's let himself down a bit there, but uh, but yeah, he, he, he rightly deserved the red card, unfortunately for him. Yeah, Lee were down uh, to 12 men, and Salford took full advantage, Parker, try by Evels, uh, coming back on the inside after good work by Sal uh, to score. Yeah, another good try, but you know, the whole build-up for it from one side to the other, we'd obviously, you know, we'd worked out that we were going to be short of a man, and I think Lee would have probably expected us to attack the other side through Johnson. Um but we switched the ball right across the park and it's a fantastic finish from Niall. He, again, another another quality finisher of, of tries. He's, uh, he's got so much talent, this lad, but no matter where he plays, he, he will score tries. And he came inside, he left three or four and just, you know, just in his wake. And uh, again, you know, great try from him. And again, another, you know, that, that's the kind of time in the game where we need to stamp our authority. And we did. And, uh, you know, at that point, I think we all really, you know, could breathe a little bit easier. Yeah, Lee didn't lie down though, try by Dawson, but Salford finished the scoring, uh, Paul with a try from Johnson, his second of the game, looking for the corner like all good wingers should. Yeah, and another great finish from him, and, uh, but yeah, just credit to Lee though, whether he didn't lie down, I thought they were dangerous, because if you look at their three quarters, it's Dixon, Crooks, Fleming and Dawson, they've got a lot of pace there, and they did, they caused us problems at stages in that game, but uh, I thought we defended well when we needed to, and uh, we took our chances well, I thought, on, on Sunday, but when we was presented with chances in, in sort of their 25, we got over the line and we, we took them well. And, and like, just, just go back to what Park said, that try for Nevels, it was, it was a fantastic try, the way they switched the play there. I think that was just after Higgson had got sent off, and it was, it was great work, that great try. And, uh, yeah, good finish again from Johnson at the end. Yeah, we spoke to Craig Copjack after the game, Paul, and this is what they had to say. Craig Cobb, Jack, we're happy with the performance, Paul. 
Yeah, it certainly was, yeah, and it was another big performance from Craig. I mean, sometimes his, his work sort of goes unnoticed, and we don't really mention him doing the, the match reports. He's so consistent every every week, but uh, yeah, he stood up again there in a pack. Of, let's not forget the pack was missing a few players. Adam Wall was out, Lee Mosson was out, George Griffin was out. So yeah, I thought we, those those big men sometimes make a difference for you, don't they? Lee have got some big players in there, and the ones we had all stood up and were counting on something. Yeah. I thought, I thought Cop Jack was, was magnificent, especially in that first half. I mean, he, he played, he must have played virtually, you know, 35 minutes of that first half, flat out, taking the ball in every time, landing on his front. And there were some big hits, like Paul said, they've got some big lads there, Lee, and they, they weren't holding back. Um, but he's always up for it, he's always up for the fight, isn't he? And uh, I, I, again, I thought he was one of our, our real standouts. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, the top tacklers, Logan Tonga with 27, Cop Jack with 24, Lamatazzi with 25. Ben Men at Masala, 25, Paul. You know, the forwards putting you know, a big shift in on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, they certainly do. The forwards have worked hard every week. I mean, the pack's been really solid this year, whether it's been in defence or, or going forward. You can't really fault anybody. That, you know, lads, it's not, like we've said before, it's not like a major change on the team from last season, but what they are doing this season, they're working hard and they're working really well for each other. And, you know, the fitness is there as well. I think a lot of that's got to be down to the... The, the lads are coaching on the coaching staff so, uh, so yeah some, some fantastic efforts on Sunday yeah the big meter makers Oli Krinicki with 86 Josh Jones with 91 Junior Sad with 116 and, jo- and Johnson with 128 uh, Parker Oli Krinicki playing out of his skin making big meters and it's uh, great to see yeah he is he's certainly stamped his mark hasn't he this season and uh, you know with, with Flanagan being, being back fit you, I think everybody would have expected him to slot straight back in and lose forward but Obviously, Watto's seen him, and you know, and he's basically said, you know, you, you've earned your place in this side, and, and he has. And yeah, another another really good performance on Sunday. He's, uh, he's a good, solid player, and the kind that probably again, like Paul says about some of the work that Coffee does, he'll go and notice what he does. But I mean, you mentioned there the meters he, he makes, and you know, he, he does put his he, fair shift in. Um, what a fantastic player to have in the squad, and you know, hopefully. He's another one that will, you know, put pens and paper and stay with us. Yeah, obviously it's about building a, a squad. Uh, Paul, you got a chance to speak to Ian Watts of the game in Coach's Corner, and this is what he had to say. Coach's Corner. Right, one driver, Ian Watson, another win, second in the table, 20 points. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's great for us as a team, as a club as well, so we can see what kind of benefits we're getting out of our hard work. Was there even that game today? I mean, that's probably not really necessary because I'm a bit of a bog you were. Yeah, there's just something we spoke about within the group there, the group around this group anyway, and we'll know that they fell off from that a little bit, and that's probably why we give Lee a bit of a leg up in the second half. Because we've done a good job in the first half, um, we completed high and we've managed to do it really well. Then second half, we decided to uh, allow them to uh, kind of get a little bit of advantage by our kind of weak defence, really. Um, if you even go back to the first half, the two tries were let in, were kind of weak by us and potentially by not getting forward and uh, even good at what we have been in the defence. Such good tries against us, we're saying Chris Wellam in the first half there, as his name mentioned, he's he's sort of linking up really well with Rick Johnson, so we're delighted with the patch there. Yeah, they've done really well. I mean, when we got Chris in, everyone said, oh, the left left player was a bad one. We knew we had the ability to be able to play, and people stigmatise um, guys who are going to play on the left, he's going to play on the right, or Chris is going to play on the right, as well as the left now, so he's striking up a great partnership with John Owen. I know John Owen's getting all the fruits of that kind of labour off Chris's at the moment, and he's doing a great job. 
Watson happy with the performance there, Paul? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was delighted with the performance. You know what Ian's like. He, he doesn't like to, to get ahead of himself and he's, he's very grounded with things, but I think he's pleased with what's going on at the moment. He had to remind me, though, about Michael Dobbs. I didn't know that, to be honest, about him uh, making his 250th uh, Super League appearance on Sunday. So that's, 
that's a fantastic achievement for Michael Dobson. And uh, like I said, to what I should have known, that should have been me telling him that. But he had to, he had to tell me that one. But yeah, well done to Michael Dobson on that one. Yeah, obviously Michael Dobson at Parker, you know, he's been our leader around the field this season. A great pro and obviously a lot of games under his belt now in the, in the Super League. Yeah, I mentioned, I think it might have been last week, about the, the, the effects he has. It's kind of what we had with Gavin Clinch years back. And Andrew Dude with his calm, he, he speeds the game up when we need it or he'll just slow it down when he's needed. And like I say, we had, a, we had a bit of a shaky first 10 or 15 minutes. And then Dobbo just started to get a grip, get a bit more on the ball. Bossing the players about like he's got to, and then he's kicking. He, he's fantastic tactically. You know, he puts it where where we need it. If he needs to go out of play, he goes out of play. Very rare you see him do a bad kick, and uh, he was massively influential uh, for, for us. And he's something that we probably lacked for, for many years. Uh, you know, a scrum half who can control the game. Yeah, obviously, you know, for me, Paul, it was a game that so we were in control of throughout. Um, a lot of times you've, we've watched Salford in the past there seems to be a bit of panic on but this team were in total control um, I thought and it, you know it showed in the in the performance on Sunday yeah it certainly, it certainly did yeah you know like I said before you look at it down league team sheet there's a lot of big names on there and I don't think they're as bad as the, the league table shows out I think they've been caught out a few times this season and I always knew it was going to be a tough game you know go back to, to Good Friday the game was a tough game but you've got to be smart and win those games haven't you just hang like Ian Watson says to you sometimes, you know, hang on and in there on the, on the arm wrestle and be tough up the middle and, that, and do the hard work. And we seem a lot more streetwise, I think, this season than we have done in recent seasons. In recent seasons, we've blown games like that. and You've seen soft tries before our time, soft tries after our time, and all these little things that we talk about. And those things we seem to be putting right now. And it, Lee were on top of us, I thought, in that first 20 minutes. But yet, we turned around and scored. Um, those four tries and went in comfortably at 24-12 so Lee, we're doing a lot of things right at the moment Lee, Lee can remind me of us you know over the last few years four or five years a team you know that's had the names in there but maybe hasn't clicked in the right way not, I'm not putting them I think they're better than we were at that point um, but the penalties they gave away not so much the, the number of them this time because there wasn't much difference in the penalty count at the end of the game but I just think it's, it's the times they give them away. It's the thing that we've done for years. You know, you always, oh, he's done it again, last tackle play or whatever. You know, usually the same players. And I think they have got that issue to sort out. And if they do sort out, they should be fine for Super League. Then, then like Paul said, they're not a bad side at all. Yeah, I think for me, Lee was a bit. They're a bit of sort of pass pu- pass pushing, where you think you just need to play this set out. Don't do anything silly. And they were just kind of like just trying to make some happen when it wasn't really on. That's what I thought. Uh, but obviously Tulfa took advantage by playing the percentage game for me and, and you know, play, keeping calm under pressure and, and got the result in the end. Big thanks for everyone who gave us the three-word match reports from Man of the Matches. Paul Foster said, great attack and defence. Um, his Man of the Match was Johnson. Chris and Janet Shenton, Ben Murnett-Masala, keep it going. Katie Reynolds, loudest fans here. Uh, her Man of the Match was Ben Murnett-Masala. Uh, Paul, the, the crowd uh, in, were making plenty of noise, weren't they, uh, the Magic Weekend? They certainly were, yeah. They travelled the numbers of silver supporters. The only disappointing thing was, though, the majority of them were at the top of the, the stand that they, the Gallagher and so you couldn't really see them, you know, from, from where I was on the side. But I tell you what, they were noisy. The, the singing, that was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we, we took a really good following. As, as it was mentioned, I think it was on Twitter, wasn't it, in the week that we sold over a, a thousand tickets, and that's the first time we've done that. So, that's off to everybody went up there, and I think everyone had the belt in time as well. Yeah, Parky, you were in the thick of it, weren't you? The atmosphere was, was top draw. 
yeah, it was. Certainly, I mean, the second half it boosted a bit. I think when you know uh, the, the cast fans got in the ground as well, they were kind of next to us. But yeah, like Paul said, I was disappointed. I mean, actually watching the game from where I was was, was, was hard work. My eyes were tired by the end. It was that far away. Um, but yeah, great atmosphere. The fans been magnificent for you know. Well, they always are, but. Uh, just didn't shut up in the second half. It was brilliant, and uh, I don't know whether the lads could hear it that far away, but you know, in the stands, I think everybody else in the stadium knew we were there, certainly. Yeah, uh, Colin Reynolds sold for the second. Uh, his man of the match was Ben Murnett Masala. Gary Williams, the real deal. His man of the match was uh, Ben Murnett Masala. Gavin Cottrell, Ben Murnett Masala, far from perfect. Paul, obviously, Ben Murnett Masala getting a lot of raps uh, after his two tries this week. Yeah, certainly. It was a shame he couldn't get over from an hat-trick, really, because if anybody's deserved one, I think it was him. I think it was one or two people who'd had a, had a bet on him scoring an hat-trick uh, as well. So that would have, that'd have been a nice uh, winner over the weekend. But yeah, I mean, he's another one. He, he's Like I said before, he's, he's one of the best the best second roles in the league, isn't he? You know, there's probably every single club in that Super League and have him, wouldn't they, if they could do, if they could take him off us. So, uh, so yeah, we've just got a first of him, and now he's got a new contract, and... Uh, so he's, a, he's the kind of guy we need to lead us forward. Yeah, uh, Paul King, another two points. His man of the match was Ben Murnett Masala. Nicholas Fletcher, uh, not Yeller again, please. His man of the match was Johnson. Uh, Parky, not, not too keen on the Yeller kit. Uh, he didn't look at, When he first came out, I was, I was quite alright with him, but uh, as he went along, he, yeah, he, he didn't really do much for me, I'll be honest with you, but, um, you know, obviously he's all in a great cause and. Uh, you know, hopefully you got a message out there, but uh, no, not certainly not my favourite. Although, you know, I wear the uh, the old uh, yellow ESAP one or mustard ESAP one every week these days, um, so I can't really say too much about the colour of it, can I? No, it's, it's, it's a great, it's been a great card, but they'll, they'll see you coming as it's luminous yellow. Uh, next one is Neil Chanuk, another two points. His man of the match was Ben Murnett Masala, uh, and my dad points, jo- points joint top, and his man of the match was uh, Ben Murnett Masala. Paul, so yeah, happy days, everyone's happy. We've put in a great performance at Magic Weekend, important win, and uh, we don't kick on into the you know, next few weeks and uh, continue to build on it. So, that was the end of the review of the, uh, the league game. What we'll do now, we'll look at all the big news coming out of the Sulphur Red Devils this week. So, all the big news coming out of Sulphur Red Devils. We're going to start uh, with the research pod project. Uh, the second phase of that is tomorrow at the AJ Bell Stadium at 3.30pm. Parker, uh, opportunity for fans to go down and have a word. The club have seemed to have handpicked a you know, few fans to go down and have their say. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, obviously the other side of the, the story, if you like, what the club have got in, in you know, as ammunition. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine anybody who actually applied to, to be on this... Uh, this panel or anything like that, or to come to this meeting, who who would be for any move or anything like that? So yeah, it'd be good, and it's good the club are engaging now at least. You know, it's, we, we've all been a bit negative about you know it's just been a one way thing, and we've had to you know protest or whatever. But now they, you know they're, gonna, they're obviously willing to listen, and hopefully we'll see some results from the survey. Uh, see what that you know what that pulls up, and uh, I mean we might be surprised by what what other fans think. Of, you know other Salford fans um, and we might not all you know be thinking the same way yeah I'm a bit gutted I can't go down I've got to work unfortunately but hopefully uh, Paul you know there'll be a, a lot of positiveness a lot of uh, working together with fans and club to, to move the f- club forward uh, tomorrow 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's important that the, the club listen to the supporters, and obviously they, they sound like they're giving the supporters a chance because supporters are very opinionated. I think there's some strong opinions out there. I think it's important that the, the club listen to, to those supporters. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and what people have got to say. I won't mind being a fly on the wall there tomorrow. He sent me an email today asking me to go down, but I can't make it tomorrow because I'm working. But I'm going to try and. Uh, Get out of work if I can, keep it quiet. So I hope no one at my work listens. So, but we'll, we'll have to see on that one. But yeah, I'm sure it'll be good and uh, it'd be great to hear what, what, what comes out about it anyway. Yeah, I mean, obviously, hopefully, I think the club are looking at doing alternate dates for people who can't get down tomorrow. And I'm been signed up and, and picked. But we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, you know, the fans and, and the club will hopefully work together and it'll be uh, I'll end up uh, nice in the end. Uh, next bit of news uh, tickets for the Wakefield game. Uh, £10 uh, parquet and the Catalan game it's great the club have put these offer out uh, for friends for season ticket holders yeah it's, it's up to it's up to you know the public now to uh, you know to, to come along I mean 10 quid well I don't mean funny what kind of night out you know you're going to get for, for 10 quid anywhere else it's, it's, it's you know so cheap it's unbelievable and, and to watch a team like ours at the moment it, you know realistically we should be paying 50 quid but there you go uh, no it's it, it's a great offer for the club for the next two games, and I hope people take them up on it because, you know, the, the boys deserve the support, and the, you know, we've got to, we want to keep hold of this club. Uh, it's up to people to turn up. Yeah, Dave Campbell and his, his Salford Supermen and Women have been out putting posters up, Paul. It's, it's great. We're getting the message out. People are sharing uh, things on Facebook about how good Salford are playing at the moment. It's a real good feel, good factor uh, at the moment. Yeah, it certainly is, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I'm a season ticket holder, but I'd gladly pay a tenner on top of my season ticket to watch us the way we're playing at the moment, if we guarantee the win, because it's been great. The rugby league we're playing is fantastic. I mean, it's another great game on, on Sunday, really, you know, the entertainment value. But this season, we, you know, if you can't watch this, when are you going to go and watch him? You're second in the table, but the quarterfinals of the cup as well. It's, you know, these are the, the sort of seasons that you dream of, aren't they? You know, when you're going through bad patches and you're getting hammerings and things like that. You just always dream about, you know, these, these days and... This season's been great, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere again on Friday night. We've got a, a bank holiday Monday trip to Warrington as well, which I'm sure we always take a great following there. I reckon we'll take a really big following there Monday. So if we can get that result on Friday night, what a, what a kind of atmosphere it's going to be there on Monday. So yeah, it's really exciting times at the club. Yeah, I think it's all, like I say, it's about getting outside the bubble. I talk about it week in, week out, Paul, about getting out there and, and getting you know people outside our Sulphur Red Devils bubble to know about what's going on. I had a friend at work. Uh, who's a City fan and we talk about City and we talk about Salford and he told me that you know Salford were second it's great and I said you know when we're playing next and he said Saturday I think that's the important thing people know we're second but they don't actually know when we're playing and that's and that's the, the challenge I think the club have to do get out there to the people who know that we're second and tell them when we're playing yeah definitely Robert you've got to get to me like, if we can't do it this season especially starting next season we've got to get a fixture list out there get them in every single pub you know the ones the old ones you used to have years ago the Willows with the sponsors I'll get the sponsors on them and, and get those out because we used to do them didn't we get them in every single pub in Salford cafes restaurants you name it off licenses get everything get our name out there make sure people know when we're playing I know it's difficult sometimes because Sky can chop and change the fixtures can't they the drop of an app but if people know roughly when we're playing what we're all about we've got a better chance and I know the lads you know Dave and that are doing great with it, with the posters and things like that well this has got to be you know from the start of next season now as well we've got to take it forward straight away not halfway through the season we need to be doing this this all the time I know he's doing a great job with that but uh, 
I just hope the club jump on board as well and, and all they have done, I think, with these posters, haven't they? So they need to put a bit in there as well, I think. Yeah, so it, to be honest, Paul, it does sound like the club are engaging in that. Uh, and hopefully, Parker, in the next few weeks, we'll see the fruits of the labour. Uh, and hopefully, with more bigger advertising, as in adverts in newspapers and possibly radio advertisements. Yeah, I think, you know, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, it's a, you know, it's a cycle, isn't it, of uh, we need to get fans in, how do you get fans in, you advertise, can you afford to advertise, probably not, because you haven't got enough fans, it's been vicious, I mean, the best advert we've got at the moment is anybody who comes on and watches us is going to go, I'll have a bit of that, you know, anyone who watches on on, uh, on Sunday on Sky, you know, in the pubs, in the clubs, they'll know about it, they'll know it's a bank holiday weekend coming up and they'll be... I think a lot of people will be, uh, you know, thinking about it. And, uh, yeah, we've got to keep it up now, though. I mean, you know, on, on the pitch, success is, is obviously the key. But like you say, getting, getting this every week, these posters out there, you know, and, and like Paul said, as of next year, make sure everyone knows when we're playing, where we're playing, you know, and, and hopefully if the, if the success is matched on the pitch as it has been this year, both go hand in hand. And, uh, you know, crowds, crowds will increase, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, time is building, Paul, and it's good news, and hopefully, you know, we'll continue to do that. Uh, next bit of news, the Sulphur Devils Education Academy is hosting an open day uh, for all students uh, prior to the Catalan game on the 26th of May. It runs from 6pm till 7pm. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a good event, that. Yeah, it certainly does, and, and looking at this weekend as well, I think the weather's going to be fantastic, and it's looking good, isn't it? So for Friday night, getting down there, it's gonna, I think there's going to be a real buzz there. Uh, Friday night. I think you're going to get a big crowd and you know get get the youngsters involved as well. I think it's going to be a really good night and uh, you know Catalan Dragons as well. They've, we've just got to be wary about them with them losing the coach. Obviously, we'll speak about that later. But yeah, it all bodes well for a big atmosphere and a big event on Friday night. Yeah, it's a, basically that part of the open day is an open training session with the first team players, Parker, and a talk about what courses and opportunities are available uh, for you. You know, it's great that obviously the 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 uh, Sulphur Red Devils Foundation and the uh, Sulphur Red Devils Educational Academy engaging in, in with the people in the uh, in the local area, and it's good to see. Yeah, I think again going back uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about some of the stuff that the foundation do and what they offer, and you know, and, and everything else. And, it, it is a great opportunity for people. And I think we said at the time, wish I'd have had it when, you know, I was at that age. Um, great. I mean, to, to train with the first team, you know, in an open training would be, you know, fantastic. But the actual, the opportunities there, the courses that, you know, these, these guys will help you in life as well as, you know, as well as rugby. But some of the work they do, it's, uh, you know, it goes unnoticed and it'd be, it'd be great to, you know, for people to actually see what, what good stuff is going on. Yeah, also another good big news, uh, the Sulphur Red Devils England Pathway programme has been rated as outstanding by the RFL, Paul. You know, it's, it's great, they're doing great work and it's uh, getting rewarded with re awards like that. Yeah, certainly is, Rob, certainly is. And there's a lot of good things going on at the moment and we, we mentioned the, the foundation all the time, don't we, and, and the good work they're doing. So let's just hope we continue, because like we said before, there's a lot of good, good people at the club and in the around the club who are doing great work. Yeah, so obviously Parker, they're in the community and it's, I think it's fantastic. I think it's, you know, what the club need to, you know, buy into it. Also, big news, we've got uh, the Langwether uh, selling tickets to their uh, players for the two games that are to come. You know, it's things like that that brings the community together. Yeah, very much so. Um, I think, uh, I, you know, the, the actual work they do at that level, uh, foundation and, and, you know, the pathways and that kind of thing, that, that's where the next, you know, Adrian Morley's going to come from. You know, 
dare I say, the next Ian Watson. You know, that's this is where we need to get these people involved. And uh, and as for Langley, yeah, he's, he's fantastic making the effort. You know, I mean, the, the club are obviously engaging as well, or who you know, ever signed the tickets. But um, yeah, great, great that they're they're willing to do that on behalf of the club, get people behind them. You know, we, we need to. I think we need to look after these amateur clubs and get into. We mentioned again the other week about getting into other types of clubs, other sporting clubs and members clubs. But we we got to concentrate mainly on getting these young amateur lads to the or and girls to the game with their family. Yeah, obviously the uh, the Rising Stars program as well, Paul. It's 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 all coming together, I think, and uh, you know, hopefully, patience will be be held and we can continue to grow. I think that's the key, Rob. I think the patience is, is the key at the moment because there's a lot of good things going on, you know, off the field. You know, the, the shows that we're doing, the Sound of Solver are doing shows out. There's a lot of people, a lot of Facebook sites are up. There's a buzz, isn't there? There's a real buzz, and I think things are growing, and the, the crowds are growing despite what people say. I think I think there's a lot of interest there at the club at the moment, off the field, and, and the, the team are doing really well on it. I mean, I've not been this excited about Solver for what well, I'm always excited about Solver, but about this team, about what we can achieve, I, I think. I think the, the, the potential's there and the sky's really is the limit for us and it's an exciting time to be a Salford sport. Yeah, moving on, uh, Justin Carney left Parky, he'd left and gone to Hull KR. Um, you know, he was a, a great talent in a red shirt, uh, but obviously circumstances has, has cost him and now he has to go to Hull KR. Yeah, massive shame really the way it's all worked out. You know, we, I, I still don't think we managed to get the best, you know, or see the best out of Justin. Um, you know, disappointed he's left, but I understand the club's stance on it. You know, he, what he's done is, you know, he's he pleaded guilty to it, and uh, you know, he, we 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 can't tolerate that kind of behaviour, unfortunately. You know, that's not that's not in the in the spirit of the game. Um, so I would wish him all the best. You know, I really will, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back to Arsenal one day. Yeah, to flip that over though, Paul. You know, it's an opportunity now for someone to take the shirt, Ebbles or or Bibby. You know, with opportunity knocks now for them. Certainly is, and the way Greg Johnson's playing at the moment, he's playing out of his skin, finishing well. I think Nia Levels, he scored a great try on uh, on Sunday against Lee, really great finishing. That's what you get from Niall, terrific support player. Um, when he's had to fill in at fullback, he did really well as well when Gareth O'Brien was out. He's, he's come in, and you know Jake Bibby's there waiting in the wings as well. So those, those two guys are fighting for that one, that one spot there. So, uh, so yeah, I think we've got it covered at the moment. I've seen a few people calling on social media and stuff like that. We're going to bring somebody in. I don't think we'll bring anybody on the wing. No, I think we've got it covered. I think we've got two lads there who, who are more than enough cover for that spot. Yeah, obviously with one out, but one in for Salford Parker. James Hassan signed uh, from Parramatta. Uh, you know, seems like a good player. Yeah, I must admit, I don't know an awful lot about him. I have asked around, uh, you know, a few folks. And, uh, you know, you're getting a lad like this who's, who's played, you know, NRL games. And apparently he was wanted by other clubs. Um, and he, he's one of these unknown quantities. And I'm sure he's unknown for every other club in that way. That, you know, once he puts on a red shirt, nobody's going to know what to expect until he's played. Uh, but you know he, he has played at the level. He's in the, the uh, a grand final winning squad over there. So you know he's obviously no dummy. Um, and uh, you know I can't, I can't wait to see him play. He's a young lad, lot to prove now. Um, he comes over here with a, you know British passport. He's born over here, so he's you know he's, there's no quota thing. There's nothing like that. I'm sure you know he's willing to, to come in and fight because he, you know he's, he would have a struggle to get in that pack. I really think so. If everyone was fit, you know I don't care who you bring in at the moment. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, obviously Watto's identified him because he's the man that you know goes after the players. 
uh, and he, he, he's had a look and he thought, right, you'll do for me, the kind of player that will fit into the squad. I'm sure his personality must be spot on because otherwise we wouldn't have him. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, I look forward to seeing the lad. Yeah, adds a bit of a bit of depth, Paul. You know, might add a bit different to, to what we've already got. You know, Ian Watson shuffling his pack, uh, ready for the uh, challenges ahead. Definitely, yeah. And you know, you can never be short of forwards, I don't think, can you? Because you look the last few weeks, George Griffin's been out. Adam Moore's picked up a bit of a knock as well. And those are two players who've been, you know, especially Adam Moore, who are both have been outstanding this season. And uh, you know, George had to play that position quite a lot as well. So those two guys have, have got knocks and they're out. So you've got, you've got a strength and you've got a fresh and thing up at me. And a lot of other teams will be doing it. And I think when you you come round to the the eight, people might bring players in as well. So so yeah, I think he'll do well. And just going back to what Parky said, I think he hit the nail on the head there. Really, I'm sure Ian Watson has signed him. You know, not, you don't, not just because he, he, he thinks he's a decent player, but because of his attitude as well. Because Ian Watson seems to sign players of a certain attitude and a certain work ethic, and I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure this lad will be the same. Yeah, uh, obviously, looking at other other news, Parker, the club, um, I'm looking to sort of create with those fans a kind of a fans charter uh, to see obviously what should be acceptable and what shouldn't be when when watching Salford. Obviously, for me personally, I think it's up to the individual fan to, to moderate their behaviour. Um, but obviously the club have ideas about how they can make the match day experience better. Yeah, I think you know the club have got to be seen to be doing things as well. We, you know, there have been a few incidents over the last couple of years, haven't they? Of uh, you know just silly behaviour, really, usually led by by a little bit too much drink, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's like signing the contract in that way, isn't it? You know, you're, you're agreeing that you will behave in a certain way. Um, you know, this isn't the fun police. This is just. You know, people, we can't go around, you know, people running on the pitch and stuff like that. The club get fined every time it happens. You know, and it doesn't, it doesn't do us any favours. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, just a good way of, you know, just re- reminding, you know, fans that we, we've got a responsibility. And, you know, these young kids there at the game who probably don't, you know, they don't want to see and hear certain things. Um, you know, and it's going to happen. You, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to condemn anybody for... You know, for for the odd uh, slip in, in language, but um, you know, you, you've got a responsibility, really. And I, as adults, um, I I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I suppose you take your kids, uh, Paul, to the game. You, you want to be able to, you know, be able to watch the game not in a you know a too toxic atmosphere. And, you know, I suppose if the fans and the club work together on this, it it could be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I mean, I remember when I first started going, I used to be frightened. I used to go with my dad's one of the people I used to go with, and what they used to say. But I think times, times have changed, aren't they? And uh, you, you're still going to get that because it's a passionate sport, and you're still going to get people saying things sometimes. We don't expect it to be like a school classroom doing whatever we've got a finger on the lips. But you know, there is a, there is a way you've got to behave and, and whatever. And the majority of people do, don't they? And I'm, and I'm sure. I've sworn in front of kids before now and you just obviously say, you know, sorry, don't you, and crack on. I'm sure people do that, but like we said, the vast majority of people be able. Yeah, if it's going to work, I'm sure it'd be, it'd be a good thing anyway. Yep, yeah, uh, coach to Warrington Parker. Um, it's £10 a person. Uh, it's pick up at Shanders, Royal Sovereign, Eccles Town Hall, and the Dog and Partridge. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get a few fans down to Warrington. Oh, I think, yeah, Paul mentioned it before. We always travel pretty well, and uh, I think if. You know, fingers crossed we get a win on Friday as well. Build, just keep building. The, the fans are going to turn up. I mean, I, I don't ever have taken a coach to Warrington. I mean, you know, it is literally down the road. People generally make their own way. But this just shows the interest that's there. That people now, you know, 
who, who won't have access that much are willing to you know jump on a coach and get there brilliant I, I, like I said I've never, I've never known it um, and I, I'm sure there'll be a, you know a lot of red there I mean like I say it all depends well a lot of it depends on what happens Friday as long as we don't you know, let ourselves down in any way um, oh yeah I think everyone will be keyed up for this yeah, it's going to be a great day, uh, Paul. If, if obviously fans want to get on the bus, uh, ring the club on 0161786 uh, and obviously get to know the times, the pickups, and all that. Uh, Paul, Park, uh, Paul, sorry. You know, it, it's it's an opportunity for fans to to get down there Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, hopefully, a big following from Salford. Yeah, don't forget it's Bank Holiday Monday as well. So I don't know what like the public transport's like on, on Bank Holiday. I don't know whether they do buses. And I'm sure they do don't they be like Sunday service won't it that's probably trains and buses and that so yeah if you can get on the coach or get a, get a lift with somebody go in the car with somebody that'd be great wasn't there a, just while you're on to that guys wasn't there something on one of the, the sites the other week about doing people doing car shares and things like that did we mention that the other week no but there is yeah on, on Twitter there is a, a, a Twitter handle trying to organise fans to to link up with people who have spare seats in the car parker and it's, it's a good thing that obviously some fans aren't able to get to, to games and it's an opportunity for you know them if they can't get down because they haven't got a car to get to the game yeah certainly especially I mean a lot a lot for, you know for home games well a lot of the excuses for people not going is I can't get there and um, these people who are living in your area you know are willing to come and pick you up and take you to the game drop you back off I think it's a great idea I really do whoever came up with it was uh, you know it's done really well there um, same for away games you know if someone wants to go Listen, we, we, we always need all the support we can get. So, you know, if people are going to pull the stops out and, you know, say, I've got space in my car, you want to jump in or whatever, you know, I, I think it's brilliant. I think uh, we, that needs something that's probably a bit more advertising as well, really. Yeah, I think it's uh, another positive thing, uh, you know, that's happening in, in the, the fans, what the fans are doing to, to try and generate, you know, interest and hopefully it'll all pay off in the end. Uh, so, next bit we've got is uh, an interview with Norman Robinson, uh, Salford's uh, timekeeper, won Fan of the Week last week um, at, in a is it the Rugby League page. Um, we had an interview with him about six weeks ago. Dan Robinson had a chat with him and uh, about his time following Salford, and this is what he had to say. Hello, so this is Dan Robinson from Devon in the Detail, joined by a very special guest this week, uh, celebrating 80 years of age and uh, 46 years as the Salford Red Devils timekeeper, uh, and my granddad, Norman Robinson. Hello, Norman. Hello, Daniel. So, just a quick chat. Obviously, we want to get you on the show. Uh, a few people want to, you know, I've asked a few questions and everything. And one of the main things was, is how did you become the Salford timekeeper? How did it come about? I was stood out uh, in the willows talking to my wife who was doing the preparing the buffet when Graham Atkinson came running out of his office asked me was I going into the game and I said yes he asked me would he do him a favour as he'd forgotten that the current timekeeper was, had gone in hospital for 24 hours and he had nobody to do it so I said yes and he introduced me to the St. Helens timekeeper who showed me what to do. The Jack Strobe, who was the original timekeeper, should have been out of hospital on the Saturday. Unfortunately, he had a relapse and he died the following Monday. And Graham asked me, would I like to continue with it? And I've done it ever since. So it was sort of a, uh, you know, we need you right now and then 46 years later, you're still doing it. Um, 
Going, looking back at when you first started at the timekeeper, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed now, hasn't it? It's a lot different to how it was. Um, what sort of changes have you seen over the, the 46 years that you've done it? Has, it? has it been positive changes? Has it been not so positive? And how, how do you feel that it's gone, you know, in, in your 46 tenure at the club? It's, the last change, obviously, has been the last one where the rugby league officials uh, are doing this, the timekeeping. But when they told the original timekeepers they were no longer re required to do the actual timekeeping they were in the letter that they sent round they said that they still needed us to get the information the not the, the equipment, hard, the equipment out um, and uh, to keep an eye on them to make sure that they didn't make a mistake the officials which was a bit of a laugh when you consider they're being paid to do it and we've done it all that length of time for free yeah because I mean you've, you've done it obviously voluntary from the club uh, yeah. in the, the entire time um, and you know a lot of uh, the, the fans that listen to the show and a lot of people uh, that heard you interview on BBC Radio Manchester at the St Helens game which was quite convenient that 46 years ago to the day I think it was that it was yeah. St Helens that we played and we played St Helens that night as well um, so a few people were asking you know about some information on yourself and I was explaining to the, the you know the fans that were asking that for the past I think is it the 20, past 24 years is it you've travelled to and from Landugno no. to the games it's only 18 only 18 right <laughs> my mistake <laughs> um, so yeah so for the past 18 years yeah, you actually travelled yeah. yeah so you travelled from uh, North Wales and it's, it's about a two hour journey to the, yeah. the game and then you travel back after the game as well so it's you know it's it's some commitment um, looking back on it and your years as, as, as a Salford timekeeper do you think that the, the best Salford side that you've seen is you know you've had the Watkins era you've had you know Steve Blakely when we had those players and, and the current squad now how, how you know what sort of team of your 46 years do you think were you know the standout Salford team in your in your mind the one with David Watkins, um, Chris Hesketh, Fielding, um, Kuhlman, Charlton, and the days of Brian Snape. Yeah. They were the best team ever, I think. They, they took some beating, didn't they? Yes. You know, the, the Willows and, you know, uh, David Watkins, uh, you know, I mean, we were talking earlier on about Gus Risman as well. Um, so looking at, you know, all the squads that they've played uh, for, for the club, who do you think has been that one player where, you know, it's been a massive statement that Salford have had? I know it's going back, you know, a number of years to think about that, but what players, you, you mentioned David Watkins, you know, we mentioned the likes of um, Gus Risman, uh, you know, Keith Fielding, those type of players. What, what sort of player stands out in your mind as one of the best Salford players? Well, one of my favourites, uh, maybe not an outstanding player for Salford, was Sid Williams, who used to play on the wing in the days just after Di Davis, who was the Welsh international prop forward who played for Salford many, many years ago. When I started watching um, Salford and taking a real interest, because I started going with my father when I was only five years old, and it was later on that I became really interested in the game. Yeah, so, you know, you mentioned, I mean, we mentioned together, you know, a few players. Looking at the current squad that we've got this year, you know, it's exciting times, isn't it? You know, we're playing really, really well. Yes. How, how do you think the season's going to pan out and, you know, where realistically, in your opinion, do you think that we can, we can achieve this year? What can we achieve? I think we can definitely finish in the top four as long as luck, to a certain extent, goes our way. 
and we get the rub of the green in tight situations. Yeah, I mean a lot of uh, people have been saying that you know we've not really had any major injuries. You know we had we lost Ben Murdoch Masilla at the start of the season and we lost Wella Haraki as well. Um, but we've got players there this season for me, and I don't know about yourself. This season, I feel like we've got. A really strong support network of players as well. So when someone goes out of the squad, there's somebody there to replace yeah, it. And I feel like um, I mean I know I've not been supporting the club as long as you have, um, but I feel this is probably the first season we've actually had a group of players that are very consistent coming off the bench as well. I don't know how you feel yeah, about that. I think so. We've had some good younger players as well, and it's essential that we try and keep hold of these younger players because that was our problem in the late 70s with the David Watkins, Brian Snape era, that all the players were brilliant, but they all grew old together, and the younger ones had not had a chance, and they'd gone elsewhere, and we were left with a dearth of talent. Yeah. So, looking at this, you know, back to this season, who do you think is, has been the, the main key player for Salford? You know, we, we've spoken to the listeners um, and, and they've sent us their information and, you know, people have been saying Michael Dobson's been really influential for us. Uh, do you think Rob Lewis stepped up his game this year? Uh, the likes of Cop Jack, you know, the, the core players of the squad have stood out. Who, who stood out for you this season up to now? I think Cop Jack mainly yeah. is the outstanding player. Dobson running him as a back. Um, you know, compared to a forward, he's certainly in there with him, making a, a good team all round. That everybody, it seems to me, if somebody's hurt, there are other players that can swap positions, like um, centres can play loose. Yeah, you Josh Jones, haven't you? Josh yeah. Jones, that's the player I was thinking of. He can play in the centre equally as good as playing in the second row. And it's these dual position players that you really need. Yeah, you know, the, one of the, a lot of people spoke about this year is Mark Flanagan. You know, he seems to do a lot of things quietly, mm -hmm. and again, he can fit in at you know centre, uh, you know second role, lose forward. I think he's had a stint at prop mm -hmm. this season, and even Hooker, I think he, he, he had a spell uh, playing at number nine for us. And you know, it's this versatility that we've got this season that you know I really think can push us on to to doing quite good things this season. Yeah, how he tackled that centre, uh, chased him back. At St. Helens, I've never seen a, a loose forward run so fast. Yeah, uh, I think the centre was more surprised than anybody. Yeah. I think the only time caught. I've seen that, I think Darren Brown did one very similar at the yeah. Willows once. Yeah, but um, he was a winger. He was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and he chased him down. But yeah, that was it was a good moment. So speaking about moments, obviously, I'm going to ask you quite a difficult question now. Is of your 46 years as being a Salford timekeeper, has there been a, a specific moment that stuck out in your mind as one of the greatest moments that you've seen at the club? <coughs> well, last season's drop goal by the full-back yeah, kind of yeah. to stay in Super League must be one of the outstanding moments. Yeah. Also, getting to Wembley in 1969 um, was also really, really good. Yeah, that stood out well in my mind. Yes, I think it stands out in quite a, you know a lot of people's minds the the trip to Wembley that year and you know hopefully if we can get a good cut run this season you know the team that we've got I think we can beat anybody in the day and it'd be nice to see you know the Salford side on your 80th birthday and your 40th year as a timekeeper uh, it'd be quite nice for you know for, for you to be there if we do have a good cut run and get to Wembley. So we spoke about what your you know 
memorable moment is have you had a moment of, of timekeeper where it's, it's sort of not really been the best moment and it sort of stood out um, as, a, as a bit of a low point at the club not really I can't say I've had a, a low point watching Salford Rugby Club Everything, even when we've lost I mean going back to when I was a youngster if we got lost to Wigan on Easter Monday because we used to play them every Easter Monday if we lost by less than 30 points we counted that as a win yeah you know it's, we've gone on from there yeah, mm. I know it's quite funny you mentioned that because myself and uh, Paul Whiteside who made the trip to Hull at, um, at the, the weekend just gone, you know, we said it's it's quite a nice change for us coming to places like this and thinking if we keep it under 30, you know, we've done quite well and, you know, this, this season the squad is really going places, I feel, and it'd be nice to get, you know, a good cup run um, and, and to speak about that. So we've, we've spoke about, obviously, moments um, that you've had at the club, um, you know, May you continue doing it, you know, the, the job. Um, how are you feeling at the moment about doing the job at the Salford? Everything going okay? Everything's going very, very well at the moment, yes. There's quite a lot of people that don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, obviously, getting you on the show this week and all the, you know, the listeners listening to it, and, you know, uh, on Friday it'll be, uh, you know... I mean, people that work at the club that don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're going to obviously talk about... Um, you know, your, your time at the club, we spoke about that. Um, you know, if any of the supporters of the club, uh, you know, you will be there on Friday. Uh, it is your 80th birthday, so if anybody wants to come and say hello, I'm sure you'll be around about doing your timekeeping yeah. as normal. Uh, you know, various, you know, people will, will no doubt say hello. Um, but, you know, you've been, and this is on a family point of view now, uh, you know, the main person around everybody, because I know you've mentioned, you know, the... Uh, my grandma, obviously Norma, she started doing the, the butties for the club. Uh, yourself then did the timekeeping. Uh, I know my dad uh, did the scoreboard at the Willows. Um, I did ball boying. Lee, you know, my cousin Liam's done the ball boying. I've, I've, I've worked at the club media-wise and things like that. And it's it, it has felt like a family affair when we watched Salford. I know in the olden days, um, going back when I was sort of five or six, and I'm not going to say how you old how old you were there, Grandad. Um, but going back then, I remember sort of nice trips uh, where you, you know uh, me and my sister yourself and my grandma you'd be doing the timekeeping for Salford against Whitehaven and we'd travel to Whitehaven and you know it was the whole part of it was it was you know we went as a family you know you still had your job to do at the club uh, do you think that's what's missing at the club now do you think they need that sort of because I know on BBC Radio Manchester you mentioned about you know the camaraderie that you used to have where you'd go in the director's box and you know you'd chat to all the you know the, the directors at the club you know you had the likes of John Wilkinson um, Howard Clegg uh, who was the other ones that were there at the time that sort of been your um, Albert White yeah you know people like that do you think that's what's missing at the moment yes uh, it's it has, it's rugby league as it is. The in those days, the directors of the two clubs would go into the boardroom for a drink and a sandwich after the game and invite the two timekeepers in with them. We used to see the two three officials, referee and the two linesmen, and we'd talk and discuss the game. There's much more friendly atmosphere. Now they just play the game and gone. Yeah, because I know you mentioned obviously it used to be just uh, just was it one official, and then yourself and the, the, the opposing timekeeper at the games. I know now this sometimes it can be five or six different officials. I'm sorry, sat around you at the game in there. I was new, you're no good at maths. <laughs> <laughs> it's about ten 
of them. Yeah. I think there's a fair few, you know, when, when you sit around and do it all. And um, yeah, I know you know obviously quite a lot of them. Um, and a special mention, um, obviously from yourself as well, that uh, you are. Um, as uh, spoken to Sky Sports, uh, Angela Powers and Phil Clark when we played uh, St. Helens, uh, you're actually the longest serving timekeeper currently in rugby league history, which well, is, you know... Well, the only one that I have the ones at the moment is Steve Pickerskill. He's the longest after me, I would think. He's a timekeeper from Hull. Yeah. And, you know, most of the others have either give up or unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously it's a, a good title to hold, you know, the longest serving timekeeper. May you hold it for, for many more years to come. Um, so, obviously, thanks for coming on the show this week. Uh, no doubt we'll see you there on Friday at the game uh, with your, your cap, your jacket, and what would have been your hooter, now your horn box that you, that, you know, that they play. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can get a win, and that's the main thing on Friday, and we can go for How do you think the game's going to go on Friday? I think we could win it if... As I say, the luck and rubber the green is with us. So that was the interview Dan put together with uh, Dan uh, Norman Robinson. Uh, it was a great listen. And now what we'll do, we'll look forward to what the amateur sides have done uh, this week with Paul. Amateur report. I'll start off with the National Conference League. There's not a massive report this week. It'll be the Magic Weekend. There wasn't lots of amateur games, and there's not many games coming up this weekend with it being a bank holiday. But I'll just bring you what I have got. Uh, there's a fantastic match in the National Conference Premier Division on Saturday between Wathbrow Hornets and Rochdale Mayfield. You know, both sides up towards the top end of the table. Wathbrow currently sitting third. Rochdale Hornets have dropped slightly over the weekend, but this game was, it was a great game according to the report. They finished 18 points apiece, 10 all at half time. Rochdale Mayfield were leading, but Wathbrow scored two tries in the last five minutes. Both of them were unconverted. Rochdale Mayfield leading 18 points to 10. Both Wathbrow's tries were unconverted. A 75th minute try and an 18th minute try to draw the game at 18 points apiece. So that sounded like a cracking game, that one. In Division 2, there was just one fixture. That was Saddleworth Rangers, 18. Crossfield, 16. And in Division 3, there was a big Oldham derby between Oldham St. Anne's and Waterhead Warriors. Another tight game, this one. Oldham St. Anne's came out on top. They beat the Waterhead Warriors by 22.218. In the North West Men's League, there was one result in Division 1. This game was played on Saturday the 20th of May. Folly Lane, 16. Lee Minor Rangers, age 28. In Division 2, Berry Broncos, 12. Manchester Rangers, 32. Rochdale Mayfield, age 16. Witness Tigers, 23. In Division 3, Fitton Hill Bulldogs, 24. Burton Woodbridge, 30. Rochdale Cobras, 6. Oldham St. Anne's, age 30. And in Division 4, Culture Eagles 22, Langley the Reds 32. Great win for Langley the Reds away from home there. And uh, that should lift them up the table slightly. And in Division 4, we had a no result between Manchester Rangers 8 and Wolfstone Rovers 8. And no result between St. James 8 and West Horton Lions. There was no results involving our local side in Division 5. There were all no result games there. And it's just one fixture, sorry, two fixtures this weekend on Saturday the 27th of May. We've got Kerry said Rhinos against Manchester Rangers A and on also on Saturday it's Little Fulton Reds against the World Cup. And finally this week, I told you it was a quick uh, report this week and it is. We've just got the North West Youth League and we'll start with the results from this weekend. Uh, it was on the under 13s, these games played on Sunday. Inch Road Bridge near Water was 18, that was in the under 13s Premier Division. In Division 1, Oldham St. Anne's 26, Rochdale Mayfield 4. Division 2, Saddleworth 30, Wigan St. Patrick 12. Division 3 of the under 13, Bellevue Bees 34, South Trafford 36. 
and the fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday, Sunday the 28th of May, in the under 18 Premier Division, it's Oldham against Wigan St. Patrick's. In the under 17s Premier Division, it is Salford against Folly Lane. In the under 16s Division 1, Waterhead against Dalton. And in Division 2 of the under 16s, finally, it's Rochdale against Burton Wood. That's all I've got for you this week. Hopefully, we'll have a bit more for you next week. Don't forget, it's the Fowler National Cup final on Sunday, the 28th of May. Not our local side, but you know, it's a fantastic competition for the amateur side. And that will be played at Post Office Road, Featherstone, on Sunday at 2 o'clock. And that's between the Brighton Warriors and Funfoot Club Park side. So that's it for me. I'll catch you next week. It's so before we start talking about the Catalan Dragon ga- Dragons game, a couple of bits of news. Uh, the car share uh, Twitter handle that we were talking about in the news previously is uh, Salford Travel Share. Uh, it's at SRD Carpool. If uh, fans are interested in hopefully, hopefully getting a lift um, to the game, okay. And the uh, Salford Army Twitter page have produced a Just Giving page to try and raise £200 to produce a flag regarding the Manchester terror attacks to show our support for the victims and their families. So obviously if you want to donate to that, um, go down on the Twitter page and, uh, and add a couple of quid into the into the pot. So looking forward to the game against Catalan Dragons, Paul. You know, another big game coming up for Tough Red Devils. Yeah, Frank, that's a... A really big game, Rob. You know, uh, we're on a good run at the moment. I think it's five wins on the spin at the moment. And, uh, you know, Catalans have lost the coach as well this week, so are we going to get a bit of a backlash there from them? I probably think we are, so uh, we have to be on our guard because it was a tough game at their place. But I think it'll be different at Salford, you know. We had a bit of adversity going over to Catalan at Easter, so I think we'll be about to prove a point on Friday night against the Dragons. Yeah, big set of forwards at the Catalan Dragons park here, and, you know, our forwards are happy up for the, the challenge on Friday. Yeah, and as, as we mentioned earlier, our pack have been, you know, on point virtually all season, haven't they? Uh, I know Tony uh, Gijo at the fullback's been in some, some really good form from as well. He's, he's a real danger, a real threat. Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't think what all, I'll see it this way, but we all want for that game. Because uh, the scoreline, when you look at it on paper, and even watching the game, it's probably a little bit embarrassing. But like Paul said, we went through the the ring of her for a couple of days there, you know, we, we flew out basically the day before because the flight got cancelled and we had injuries and then, even, you know, as the game went, I mean, Sal went off early on injured and we really struggled in a bit of heat over there, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think um, you know, fingers crossed, we played the way we've been playing recently, we shouldn't be worried about them. Yeah, we've got some dangerous players, Anthony Paul as well, the likes of Jody Broughton, you know, so we have to keep an eye on them. Yeah, they certainly will. Yeah, the, the halfbacks as well. Luke Walsh is at the halfbacks for them. You've got Tony Gigo as well. The, the <coughs> excuse me, the fullback. So they've got they've got they've got players all over the place, aren't they? Who can cause problems? Vincent Deport always seems to score against us. Luke Walsh, Richie Myler, as I said, Paul Aiton at Hooker. They, they have they've got quality running through the team. And um, I'm not so sure whether Greg Bird's going to be playing. No, I think he is. He's got suspended. I think he's been up on discipline, yeah. so he might be a bit of a hole out of their side. So, uh, but yeah, halfbacks are where they, they beat us. I thought on the, on Easter Monday, I thought that Luke Walsh uh, ran the show with us. So you've got to keep your eye on Rack Myler and, and, and Walsh. Yeah, it's it's second v ninth, Parker. You know, Salford riding high. It, it feels like a dream, really. It's not really sunk in for me. No. No, not really, but we've got to keep it going, you know, I know Watto's very keen on keeping the lads grounded and, you know, I think, 
it, it's good if we can stay that way. I mean, as good as we are, you know, we we've done nothing yet. You know, uh, I think there is still, you know, things can go badly wrong in the, in the you know the next few weeks or whatever. You can. God, I hope they don't. But uh, no, I think uh, I think this week against against Castle, and I think uh, we might have another couple of forwards back in Mosser. I don't know if he's going to be back, and you know, Wall. We'll have we'll have a big pack out there with our, our players. Obviously, got you know, um, obviously Iraqis come back now, and uh, yeah, I think if we watch their halfback like Paul said, uh, which I'm sure he will, uh, I, th- I think we'll be all right. But they are they are individuals that they have got a real quality team, and they, you know, if you put that if you put that team down on paper and look at it, you think you know that, that's that's definitely a top eight, probably top six, four team, something like that. Um, but it's just not clicking for him in certain games. But like I said, I think we all want... Yeah, I think the Catalan Dragons get stronger as the seasons go on, Paul. And, you know, it's up to Salford to, to continue to keep this form going. If we can, uh, you know, get another win, 22 points, you know, our top eight spot, I think, then is secure. Yeah, certainly. I think with Catalan, I think they're a different uh, different sort of beast at home, aren't they? I think at home, playing in the south of France there with, with the weather and one thing and another... I think they're tough to beat. I think if you can get them away from home. Having said that, they caught with some, some good wins away from home in the past. Don't they? One thing when you get Catalan, sometimes the atmosphere can be flat when you play Catalan at home. You don't bring any away support. And they, can, they can sort of get that try and quiet in the crowd down. So that's why I think it's important that, you know, the crowd are very vocal. I'm sure they will be on Friday night and we really really get a bit of a calm and a atmosphere going because it is, it's a massive game, like you say, Rob. Win this one, you've got 22 points and you're more or less in the, the top eight then, aren't you? And, you know, it's momentum as well. We can go to, to Warrington with 22 points. I think they've got 14, I think, or 12, I think they've got. So, you know, you're streets ahead of them, aren't you? And, you know, winning games, is that's what it's all about, isn't it? So let's just keep winning games. And don't forget, us at home this season, we lost once against Wigan. Um, so our, our home form's been really good. It's been a fortress, the AJ Bell this season. So let's just hope we can keep it that way on Friday. Yeah, it's all about keeping the, the stadium as a, a fortress parkhead. The posters are out. People are sharing stuff on the social media. Us fans are putting a massive effort in uh, to, you know, generating interest in this game, and hopefully we'll get rewarded with a big crowd. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about building. Games like this are the, you know, the, the, the proof of that. You know, we, we've got to look at what what crowds have we got against Catalan in the last, you know, three, four, five years, and, and like, you know, we've got to beat that. That's what we've got to do. We've got to beat every crowd against, you know, that. that particular team each week um, and if we you know we do that there can be no complaints and then we, we build again and we build again it's always tough like you say against Catalan uh, you know because of the, the lack of travelling support um, but it's up to us you know it's our home ground it's our home game and it's up to it's up to us as you know Salford fans to, to make the atmosphere and make make them feel how, how other teams feel when they go there because you know it can be a bit hostile there as well so we've got to try and just reverse that uh, you know and hopefully have an effect on them yeah it's going to be a great game you know we're looking forward to it hopefully the sun will be out Paul and it will be a great atmosphere uh, people will come down and enjoy the game yeah I think it's going to be according to the weather I think it's going to be really good I mean, it's warm today wasn't it? I think it's going to get a bit warm as the week goes on but one other thing I don't know whether I'm, I'm right in saying this but Catalan played before us didn't they on the Sunday so I'm not sure whether they'll have gone home you know, I think they based they based at the Mario in words of the Don't stay there, don't so I bet they stayed over. So uh, no, that, is that the best preparation for them? I don't, I don't know. They've not been home seeing the families and all that carry on. So uh, so yeah, I think um, everything's going to be in our favour. I think this time where it was all in their favour, wasn't it? On Easter Monday. So uh, so yeah, like Parky said before, I think we uh, 
we all got a bit of an idea. Yeah, give us your score predictions, Parker. Um, again, I think it might it might be tight for a while. Uh, we, we've not been getting off to the best of starts, really, have we? And uh, we don't want to give them anything. But I'll uh, again, I'll go for uh, I'll go for a, a decent issue. I'll go twenty-eight twelve to the Reds. Twenty-eight twelve Reds. Paul, have you written it down this week? Yeah, I've done my predictions for my Facebook. What's the name? Um, Twenty-six sixteen. I've gone for Salford. Twenty-six sixteen. I got me bingo balls ready. Go on, then. Salford ten. Oh no, put that back. <laughs> Catalan 4, 10 4. Be a close game. Salford to come away with the points and continue the, the blood run. That's the plan. Hopefully, that's well, what happens. I'll take 10 4 now. I'll back you on for 10 4. Cool. So, big thanks for tuning into this week's Devil on the Detail podcast. Thanks for coming again, Park. It's been great. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, lads. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. Cool, another great show, Paul. You know, it's great talking about Soul for Red Devils every week. Yeah, it certainly is, Rob. I really enjoyed it, mate. Nice one. Cheers. Big thanks for tuning into this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parks, and you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and WhitelineFeverRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.